Well, I have heard it said that prayer is to the Christian life as breathing is to the human life. Now, that's a pretty amazing statement. Because do you think about breathing? I don't. I think about it when I'm thankful for it. But do you have to think in order to breathe? No, we do it reflexively. We do it instinctively. We just breathe in order to live. Wouldn't it be nice if we prayed that way? Oh, I'm too busy. I've got so much on my mind. I just don't have time. Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to all of us. But praying is to the Christian life as breathing is to the human life. I do believe that it is maybe the basic foundation that God has given us for growth and for life. Now, I imagine you've been doing it all of your life, most of you, most of you coming from Christian homes with Christian parents, some of you not, but many of us, and I certainly grew up in a Christian home, thank the Lord, and I prayed. Now, some of those childhood prayers, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. Now, there's part of that that, you know, I want the Lord to keep us. I want the Lord to keep our souls. But I'm a little concerned about an eight-year-old thinking about dying all through the night. I just wasn't really excited about that. And maybe you weren't either. And, you know, we would always pray before the meal, God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Well, yes, God is great and God is good. And certainly we need to be thankful for our provisions. But folks, I don't see, and I love our children, but I don't see any children in the room right now. So I want to ask you, do we, are some here? But I want to ask you, we are children before the Lord, but don't we need to grow up some? Don't we need to expand our prayers? Don't we need to learn? Don't we need to know more of seeking the Father's face? I loved what Scott read and said a few minutes ago. Father, let your face shine on us. Just let that sink in for a minute because that's part of what this is all about because I can't do it by myself. I can't do it just based on Don Solomon. I can't do it based on my own selfish motivation. But thank the Lord I'm not just me. I have the presence of Almighty God in my spirit. Now I'm still me and I still struggle. But I have it. His spirit. So I've said to you that based on that, we are supernatural creatures. 
And it's time for us to act and think and behave and be supernatural creatures in the presence and with the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. So today we're going to talk about this beautiful thing called the Lord's Prayer. Now a moment ago a scripture was read from the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Jesus had been praying and some of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, please teach us how to pray as you do and as the disciples of John did. And what did Jesus do? He responded with the Lord's Prayer. Now we're going to look at what happens in the Sermon on the Mount because that's where we have been. And the Sermon on the Mount is this major teaching, this body of Scripture that where Jesus tells us all sorts of wonderful things about his presence and about his life. When we come to learning more about prayer, who teaches us? You could say the church, you could say the staff, you could say the pastor, you could say your Sunday school teacher, but I want us to say the one that teaches us is Jesus Christ because he is the master teacher in fact I will say to you and I want you to realize that he is the author of prayer would you agree with that so therefore since he's the author of prayer he's the authority so sitting before you today me I'm not an expert I don't even like the term expert but Jesus Christ is an expert in prayer. He is the authority related to prayer. He originated it, and he is the one that can help you and me learn more. And I want you to remember that he demonstrated this whole aspect of prayer in his ministry because he prayed for the children. Do you remember he gathered the children around? blessed them and prayed for them, even though the disciples were rebuking him and telling the children to go away. But he said, no, I need to pray and bless these children, and they need to represent what you and I need to be to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he prayed for you and me. If you turn to the 17th chapter of John, you will see him praying passionately. Remember, I love that word, praying intimately. And the 17th chapter of John, he's praying for himself. He's praying for his current disciples that he had sitting around him that night before he was crucified. And he is praying for you and me because it says that he prays for all of those that will believe. That means you and I. And so he prayed for us. Sometimes he went off into the mountains and prayed alone. He didn't always pray in the midst of a group. Now, I'm in favor of praying in the midst of a group, but I'm also in, pray, in favor because he said, back over in the sixth chapter of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, sometimes you need to go into your closet, into your room, and pray in secret to your Heavenly Father. Now, he was saying that to counteract the fact that sometimes we pray for others' approval 
which is an absolutely wrong motive for prayer. And so sometimes Jesus, and sometimes early, early in the morning, he would get up and go off to a place all alone and pray. And then there's another scripture in Luke 6 that says that he prayed, he spent the entire night praying. Now I question you, and I question myself. Have you ever spent the entire night praying? And I hope some of you have. Maybe we need to. What is sleep sometimes? We give up sleep for other things. Can't we give up sleep for prayer? It might be a very good thing for us to do. And Jesus was passionate in prayer. I love that. He was passionate because he loved people. Now, what did he say when he came to this thing called the Sermon on the Mount and the Lord's Prayer? He said, this is the way that you need to pray. You should pray. And he went into the Sermon on the Mount. Now, we covered a little bit of this last week. But I'm going to talk about it a little bit more because I want to be reminded. I want to remind you. I want us always to keep before ourselves this business about worship-based prayer. And that's really important because worship-based prayer that I presented to you last week, written this book written 11, 12 years ago by Daniel Henderson. That's fairly new. 11, 12 years ago. Worship-based prayer is 2,000 years old. Coming from Jesus himself because he taught us to pray by saying, Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Now, I want you to always think about that. That is the, the statement of worship from Jesus Christ to you and me that goes to our Father. Our Father, our Father. That is a, a worship statement in and of itself. Our Father. He is our Father. Now, I have to say this, and I hope it doesn't apply to you. But I've known a lot of people in my ministry that did not have a good earthly father. Now, I hate that. And I will tell you that some people that do not have a good earthly father, they have trouble relating to a heavenly father. Makes sense. But so sad. But I assure you, if you're sitting here this morning and you're earthly father was a failure or absent or not kind or abusive or worse then you have the privilege of having a father that is absolutely perfect that is absolutely loving and kind and forgiving and gentle and encouraging and providing because our father is this father whose name is holy all of those wonderful characteristics that indicate his holiness. So our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now we're going to sit there for a minute. Because that's a statement that I do not want to take lightly and I do not want 
you to take lightly because if and when you say that with genuineness of heart, and I pray that you do, then you're saying, Father, I am desiring, I am committed to, I am surrendering, I am sacrificing myself. I'm submitting to what? Your will to come. Your kingdom coming. Your ways to be a part of my life. Isn't that what the prayer says? So if the next time you say the Lord's Prayer, if you're not willing to surrender, sacrifice, and surrender to that, I encourage you and me to keep silent. Because we're not supposed to lie. And we're certainly not supposed to lie to our Heavenly Father. So it says, our Father in Heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I have told you before that we don't like those three S words that I just used a moment ago. Submission, surrender, and sacrifice. But that's exactly what it says. And in Psalms 40, verse 8, there's a very short verse there in the book of Psalms. But it says, I desire to do your will, O my God. Your ways are within my heart. Your ways are within my heart. That's Psalms 40, verse 8. But the key of that is that I desire to do your will, O oh my God, because it says in this beautiful Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I need to say something, and I'll tell you a little bit of a personal story here, because... I've been a Christian since I was nine years old. Most of those years committed to the Lord, studying scripture, learning, having the privilege of ministry and leadership. But only, it was probably in 2014, so less than 10 years ago, did I, once again, say the Lord's Prayer, read the Lord's Prayer, study the Lord's Prayer, and I realized when it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thought, oh my goodness, Don. That is saying that his kingdom, his will, his ways have to be done in me. Now I ask you to take it personally. Because sometimes when we say on earth as it is in heaven... That's a pretty big, general kind of a term. And it's very easy in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our spirit to say, well, yeah, everybody else. Yeah, let's pray that general prayer. And yes, that's a real good sounding thing to want God's will and God's kingdom to come on earth. Well, if it doesn't come in me, or if it doesn't come in you, How's it going to get going, at least in this community, or in this town, or in this earth? So I realized here less than 10 years ago in my own life that that is absolutely applied to me personally. 
Now, this is another part of us growing up in this element of prayer. So we are to pray for our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In me as it is in heaven. Give us heavenly principles. Give us heavenly characteristics as we live out this thing called a Christian life. And that is a part of this prayer. Now, I will propose to you that all of this first section of the Lord's Prayer is designed to help you and me seek God's face. To know him, to honor him, to worship him, to submit to him, to surrender to him, to ask for his will and for his kingdom. It's all about him. Now, isn't that a good thing to think about? <laughs> to make it all about him instead of all about me? Yes. And that's part of, I mean, certainly the wisdom of Almighty God is wrapped up in this beautiful prayer. And so this first half of this prayer is to seek God's face and to honor him. And then it goes on. It says, give us today our daily bread. So here's the aspect of provision from Almighty God. And yes, now we can talk about seeking his hand. Remember in this worship-based prayer that I've talked to you about, that seeking his face first. But then yes, we are to seek his hand. We are to ask. In fact, in the fourth chapter of Philippians, it says... Do not be anxious about anything, but with thanksgiving, there's a key word, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and then he will give you peace that passes all understanding, that will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Because he, he's saying to ask, and then he will give. But we do it with thanksgiving. We do it with seeking his face. And then in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is said. This is the confidence. Now, confidence is a godly thing done in and through the Lord. Confidence is not being conceited or bragging. But when we are seeking God's face and then his hand and we're getting the provision and the care and the peace and the wonderful gifts that he gives, then it says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, now there's the key phrase, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Now, that's in scripture. I didn't make that up. No man made that up. That's what God says to us in this whole business of being a Christian man and woman. We have a confidence. When, now this is our part. When we're doing it correctly, when we're living, when we're striving, when we're praying when we're sacrificing and surrendering and submitting, then 
we have a confidence that he hears us, that he's right there with us. And we have a confidence that whatever we ask for, according to his will. Now, there are other places in Scripture where it says that. You know some of them, some of them. But when we seek him and do it in the will and in the name of Jesus Christ, and we seek his will and we submit his will, then we have a confidence that he will hear and give us what we've asked for. And then it says, forgive us our debts. I've never quite understood why it said debts. And in the, in the book of Luke, it says, forgive us our sins. Now that makes more sense. Because God is the forgiver of sins. And so it says to forgive our sins. And we know from 1 John 1.9 that if we confess our sins then he's faithful to forgive us. That's another promise. That's another fact from God's word. And so here it does say, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses, whatever word you want to use there. But understand that it is saying that he will forgive us if or as we confess and as we seek him and as we live in a proper relationship with him then we have the privilege of being forgiven and then it goes on to say not only for, that he would forgive our sins but then we would forgive those that sin against us mark 11:25 says and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins one of these days I will preach a whole sermon on forgiveness because we all need it. We need it in our personal lives. We need it in our family lives. We need it in our marriages. We need it in our church life. And forgiveness is based on one authority and power, and that is the power of Almighty God. Because I have said many times that forgiveness is not a human experience. It's not something that you are prone or designed to do on your own. But it is an absolutely necessary aspect in the human relationships. And it is absolutely a foundational principle in our Christian faith. And so we are forgiven of our sins and we are to turn and forgive others of their sins against us. And then it says, and lead us not into temptation. I can assure you, you sure, certainly know, but scripture says that temptation is not the effort and the activity of Almighty God. It says in James 1, verse 13 through 15, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one. That means you and me. Each one is tempted when, by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
So lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that is a prayer of the heart to Almighty God. And he gives us a way out because 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So we have the Lord's Prayer. We have the privilege of prayer. Now I'm going to hesitate for a moment. Yes, I am going to do this. I'm going to ask us to spend 10 minutes. We have the time. I love to talk about prayer. I love to study prayer. I love to teach about prayer. But I love for us to pray. So I'm going to take 10 minutes. And I'm going to ask if there's anybody in this congregation that is led to pray that knows that the Lord is prompting you, is leading through the Holy Spirit's urging for you to pray out loud in our midst here for the next 10 minutes. I've done this before in large congregations, and I just trust the Lord. I've not asked anybody to lead out in this. If no one prays, I will just trust the Lord that he wants us to sit here silently for the next 10 minutes but I'm going to ask you right now as I'm talking to please pray and ask the Lord if he wants you to stand where you are and in a loud and clear voice man or woman anybody that is led then you would stand and you would pray now a short prayer yes remember Back over in the Matthew 6, it says that you're not supposed to pray with a, an abundance of words. And you're also not supposed to pray for the approval of those around you. So this is a Holy Spirit-led matter. And I will not come around and ask anybody, so I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But I want us to pray for these next few minutes. And if you would, and if you're led, if you know that it is the Lord speaking to you, then please stand and pray. And pray for honoring Him, worshiping Him, thanking Him. Pray for our church. Pray for families. Pray for individuals. But just, and everybody, even though you might not stand and pray out loud, we're going to pray for the next few minutes, and please stand and pray if you're so led. So now we pray. Father, we are before you. You are our Father, and we have come here today to honor you, to praise you, to thank you. And these prayers have been sincere and passionate and intimate. They've been from the hearts and the minds of these men and women. 
And we pray that we will live up to these prayers. All of us will. We will sacrifice and submit ourselves to you. And know that you are good. You have been good. You are good. And you will always be good. And that we love you. Because and as you love us. And then we take that love that you give to us. And we spread it to others. To each other in this church family. To this community. To our world. And Lord our world does so badly need you. And your love and your spirit. And we start right here with us individually and collectively as a church community. And we move forward under your guidance and your spirit. We thank you for this prayer, for this Lord's Prayer. We thank you for your scriptures. We thank you for all that you have given to us. And we just are thrilled to be able to submit ourselves to you and your ways. Thank you, Father. And we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Enough said from me. Please just seek the Lord and seek his face and know that he is faithful. And then we press on. Amen. Amen. Thank you.